are listening to the Devil's Talking Potters podcast for East Village Times. Coming to you from the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication, here are your hosts, Dominic Stern and Bobby Murphy. Potters have officially been eliminated from the postseason as of Saturday night. So it wasn't a fun weekend. The Potters, they did win the resumption of the doubleheader that was in Atlanta back in July. But after that, the Potters lost the three regular home games that were scheduled in the series to the Atlanta Braves, who are currently in a playoff fight. Not fun baseball to watch. Potters looked horrible on offense once again. What were your thoughts, Bobby? I mean, it was good to see the offense pick up in in that Saturday game and the extra inning loss. But the rest of the series, the offense was just awful. And it sucks to see that. I mean, coming into the season, we obviously had – mostly playoff aspirations, World Series aspirations as well. But never in 100 years did I think that this team would be would be struggling in the, in the last week of the season to even be above 500. But I can't remember the last time I was this disappointed as a Padres fan. I don't think I've ever been – actually, not going to say I don't even think. I've never been more disappointed in a Padres team than this year considering the – the expectations that they held coming into the season and then mid-season, how good they were, 17 games above 500. And currently they're 78 and 78 heading into this past, into this last week. So it's tough. And I mean, doesn't, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. I would love to finish above 500, would love to beat the Dodgers and make sure they can't win the division, but it's, it's depressing right now for, for Padres fans. It's been really tough. And I would definitely say, this is the most disappointing I've been as a Potters fan. I can't really think of that much other disappointment. 2010 stands out, but I don't really remember that season all that much. I'm sure other older Potters fans would say that the season's probably a little bit comparable to that, but the Potters they went from a world series contender to what's probably going to be a sub 500 team in just a month and a half. So this collapse has been far greater. It sucks, but that's uh, it's just the way they, Things have gone for the Padres. So just recapping what happened this weekend in game number one, former Padres prospect, first round draft pick, Max Freed, got the start against the San Diego Padres, and he threw a complete game shutout, allowed just three hits. He only got four strikeouts, though, which just means the Padres' quality of contact just wasn't good, which is something that we've seen a lot over the course of the season. But Reese Kinnair, he got the start. It didn't go very well from the get-go. He allowed a run in the first inning. And then two more runs in the second inning. And from that point on, the Braves, they just ran away with the game. In the sixth inning, the Braves were able to get another run across against Craig Stammen during his second inning of work. But Stammen still pitched really well. He pitched two innings. He struck out four guys. He had four strikeouts in one inning. He became the third Padre ever to complete that task, which is a cool task. But it just means that a ball got away from the catcher in this game that was Webster Rivas. It's a tough game. The only Padres hits in this game were two by Fernando Tatis Jr. and one by Will Myers. So really rough game for the Padres here. And of course, the main thing in this game is Max Freed. Just so efficient in this game. Like you said, a complete game shutout. Only four only four strikeouts, 98 pitches, and six of them, 66 of them are strikes. He walked zero guys in this entire game. Uh, and like you said, Tatis and Myers with their only hits, but he just pitched an absolute gem. Like you said, Reese Kinnair didn't look that great. Stamen looked looked solid, but Javi Javi Guerrero 
an inning in a third with one strikeout. Didn't allow any hits or runs. That was great to see from him. Austin Adams, I'd like to see here is back to his old ways of, or back to his good ways of striking out the side. Nine of his 12 pitches were strikes. So that was probably the best thing I saw in this game. Uh, there was really nothing else good in this game, especially with the offense. But Adams looked good. Guerrero looked good. Tim Hill looked good. That's pretty much it for this game. Padres' offense was absolutely cold. Couldn't get anything going except for Fernando's two hits and Wilmer's one hit pretty much. But it was just a tough game, and free pitch did an absolute gem. Team only came up to bat three times with runners in scoring position. They went up for three, but the Braves, they were three for four with runners in scoring position, so they'd simply just capitalized on their situations, and the Padres didn't. That's something that we've seen a lot from the San Diego Padres. Only one of the base hits was an extra base hit, and that was Fernando Tatis Jr.'s double. He is 29 on the year, so uh, you got that 30 double plateau in reach. Game number two, this was the heartbreaker. This was the final Saturday night baseball in San Diego, and the Padres, they got out to a great start, scoring in the first inning and then scoring two more runs in the second inning. It's exactly what you want to do against a team like the Braves. Adam Frazier hit his first home run as a San Diego Padre in the first inning. Then Eric Hosmer hit his first home run in nearly a month uh, in the second inning. And then Vince Velasquez, who started for the Padres, he uh, he drove in another run on a ground ball out. So that was encouraging to see. However, he came back out in the third inning and allowed two more runs. So the Padres at that point led three to two in the fifth inning. The Braves, they put across another run to tie the game up when Austin Riley drove in another run. But Manny Machado hit a grand slam. He's now the active leader in baseball for grand slams, which I think is pretty hard to believe considering that he's not even 30, but it just shows you when he comes up with the bases loaded, he cashes in a lot. And next half inning, the sixth, the Braves, they're able to get across some more runs, which it's not fun to see. Nabil Krizmat just didn't have it. it's tough to watch to say uh, to say the least here uh, in this inning. Jock Peterson, Padre killer, haunted them again, and then Jorge Soler hit a long home run. But the Padres they regained the lead in the sixth inning when Victor Caratini he singled in Trent Grisham until the ninth inning when Mark Melanson blew a save and then it went to extra innings. The Braves were able to score two runs in the tenth, and the Padres weren't able to score in the bottom half. So Padres lost ten to eight. Really disappointing game for the Padres, but this isn't anything that we haven't seen of late. Yeah, and the worst thing about this one is that we had it, of course, in the top of the ninth. And the thing with this game, we haven't seen Melanson blow a lot of saves this year, usually when he's been allowing runs. It's been an entire game, but he had two outs with a run on first, and then a pass ball allowed a guy to go to second. Uh, and that was when Caratini was catching, but it's, it's really that just the – the pass ball that allows him to get to second that allowed Riley to score on Rosario's single with two outs. Padres were an out away with a gone first and ended up blowing it because of a pass ball. And then of course that single, but so they weren't able to win this game. Weathers looked solid, three strikeouts, two hits with two innings. Like I said, Chris Matt did not look good at all. Four hits, four runs, only getting one out. Love to see Lamette. He's been looking good in his last two appearances out of the bullpen. One and two thirds innings, three strikeouts, one hit. And then Daniel Hudson, he ended up getting the loss in this game in, in the 10th inning. But Padres' offense looks really good this game. Did go three for 12 with runners in scoring position. The Braves really clutch hit in seven for 13 with runners in scoring position. I'd love to see if the Padres could ever do that anytime soon. But 
10 hits for the Padres, eight runs. Like you said, Frazier had a good game, went three for five with two runs and an RBI. Of course, Manny had the four RBIs on his grand slam. Grisham had two hits, but love to see the offense from the Padres. And from the Padres, I know half of them were on a grand slam, but that's just clutch hitting from Machado. And Padres were able to get 10 hits, but the pitching in this game was just really bad, obviously, as they allowed 13 hits and 10 runs to the Braves. Yeah, and Fernando Tatis Jr. made his 22nd error of the season. This time it was another throwing error from shortstop. Uh, his defensive struggles uh, continue once again. Maybe that'll be the last error of the season from him. It just is rough. The Potters were basically leading the entire game, never were trailing, and then end up losing in the 10th inning. The Braves, they pitched a ton out of the bullpen here in this game, and so did the Padres. So you're hoping that the bats would be able to come alive in the third game against that bullpen once again, but they really didn't. The Braves, they jumped out to an early leading game number two in the second inning. Uh, and then in the fourth inning, they also added on two more runs. Those were the only runs that Joe Musgrove ended up allowing. Uh, he went five innings, three earned, nine Ks, and his final Petco Park home start in his first campaign as a San Diego Padre. Really good stuff from Joe Musgrove all year. Uh, Potters fans love getting to watch the hometown kid. And right now, the ace of the San Diego Padres go to work. And he put on another good show for them one last time on the year. In the fifth inning, the Padres then tied it up when Jake Cronenworth tripled in Will Myers and Adam Frazier and then Manny Machado singled in Cronenworth to tie the game at three. But the next half inning, once again, the Braves responded with one more run when Orlando Arcia doubled in Jock Peterson. There's also an error uh, in this play by Jerickson Profar when he made a throwing error. Just tough way to lose because the Padres ended up loading the bases in the ninth inning against Will Smith, who pitched in all three games against San Diego Padres. He walked three batters, but he also struck out three batters. So not one guy put the ball in play against Will Smith. Tough pill to swallow. And a lot of Padres fans are disappointed in the fact that Fernando Tatis Jr. didn't play in the final home game of the regular season. Uh, I certainly think that's lame by head coach Jace Tingler. You know, you want to get him off his feet. Well, you could have waited another game. The season was already over. So it's not like that really even mattered, like getting a rest for anything. So the fact that they uh, they decided to sit him for the final home game, I think it's really lame. And for that, I totally agree. I know that he obviously did come in as a pinch hitter, probably got a big ovation there. He did end up striking out, but would have loved to see him play in that final game. I know we were out here in Arizona, but for the fans, for the Padres last game at home for the season would have loved to see him out there but the Padres in this game a lot of base runners a lot of base runners and only ended up scoring three runs they went two for 12 with runners in scoring position left 13 guys on base and had 10 hits and the biggest part here with only scoring three runs Padres drew seven walks so three of those courtesy of Manny Machado but the offense was just awful again like you said Musgrove did get hit a little hard but Five innings, three runs, three walks. That's not what you expect to see from Musgrove, really. But nine strikeouts look good. Of course, his stuff was was on point on in Sunday's game. But only 58 strikes and 94 pitches. I know even with nine strikeouts, I will I will still take that, of course, any time from him. But the Padres were struggling to throw strikes in this game a little bit. Pierce Johnson only threw 12 strikes of his 23 pitches. Chris Matt, 19 of his 30. And Detweiler, 10 of his 17 pitch. 17 of his 10 yeah. 10 of his 17 pitches for strikes, but so the Padres 
were struggling uh, pitching into the strike zone. Braves did draw four walks. Padres did draw more, but pitching did not look that great from the Padres, even though they only, uh, only allowed four runs. But just the offense in this game was not the best, uh, or at least the clutch offense. Padres were able to get on base, but the corner triple, of course, and the Manny single all in the fifth. Only runs the Padres got in the, the last game at Petco this year. Yeah, it's rough. For the team to walk seven times and only put up three runs, I think is pretty embarrassing. And Manny Machado, he walked three times in this game. So they clearly knew like, hey, Manny Machado's in the lineup. Fernando Tatis Jr. isn't. We're not going to let Manny beat us. That's not what they did. Jake Cronworth did get three hits and drove in two out of the three runs. So that was definitely encouraging to see. And Adam Frazier, who's been hitting the ball a lot better as of late, he got two hits in this game. It's just some of the other players, Jerickson Profar, 0 for 4, Tommy Pham, 0 for 4. There's your four and five hitters in the lineup. Hassan Kim, 0 for 4. He's had really rough go of it of late. It's just you're not, you're not seeing any of the other production from some of the guys that the Padres needed to see some success from this year in order to be in playoff contention. And I just haven't seen that of late. And it's been a trend we've seen all year. So really tough that the Padres ended their final homestand like this, getting swept by the Braves and East coast team coming out West. And the losses were all pretty pathetic, uh, getting shut out, losing that game in extras, and then straining the bases loaded. Uh, the Friar faithful deserve better, but this is what the Potters have been like for the last month and a half. And I'm not too surprised. This is how they looked. Would have loved to see at least someone here just to get show show the fans some win. The Padres had almost three million fans at home this year, or almost had three million fans in attendance all year at home at Petco Park in the 2021 season, and that shows that I mean this is really that's really the only team out there in San Diego. The fans care about this team. They always have, of course, with their high attendance rates, and especially with this year's team, the fans will still show up for the next few years and. We'll talk about this more in the next few episodes after the season's over, but the window's just opening, and this is a huge disappointment for the Padres this year, but they'll be back the next year, next year, next two years, next three years, and hopefully bounce back and be better than this year, or it's pretty disappointing. Yep, we uh, we took a day to soak it in. It's now Monday. Padres begin their next series with the Dodgers on Tuesday after starting 7-3, and three, against the San Diego Padres, or after starting seven and three against the Los Angeles Dodgers, San Diego Padres have lost nine straight against the Dodgers. Or is it nine straight or they've lost six straight against the Los Angeles Dodgers. Uh, they're looking to not make that nine straight. So the season series as it stands right now is Dodgers nine, Padres seven. Uh, you'd like to be able to sweep them and win that season series. So we at least have something to hold on to, but I don't see any way that happens, especially considering who the Dodgers are throwing out. Walker Buehler, Max Scherzer, and Tony Gonsolin. Gonsolin's definitely the one guy you can get after, but Buehler and Max Scherzer are definitely in the Cy Young conversation for the National League. It's just it's going to be rough going for the already struggling Padres offense. And the games with, with uh, Buehler and Scherzer pitching, those will both on, be on ESPN. Giants fans will be very intrigued in, in that game, and uh, hopefully a lot of other baseball fans, and hopefully the Padres can. All I want in this series, I would love to – of course, win as many games as we can the rest of the season and finish above 500. Either way, it's going to be a disappointment. But this series, I would just love to take it to them just and just knock, knock them out of the division. I, w- I do not want to see the Dodgers win this division for the ninth straight year. And it's up to the Padres right now to help prevent that. So I'd love to see if we can at least w- win one or two games here. 
you know, all the Giants have to do is go five and one over their last six games to do so. The Potters can, of course, help them out in doing that and give them some more breathing room, even though the Potters end up playing the Giants later on this year. But I, I don't know how the team is going to react now that they've been fully eliminated from this playoffs. But there are some guys that are going to be playing for jobs. Tommy Pham, he's a free agent. This is his last chance to make an impression on people. Will Myers and Eric Hosmer, of course, are going to pop up in trade rumors throughout the offseason. Same with Ha-Sung Kim, who's been really bad and has three years left on his deal, despite uh, the Potters currently having five other infielders that get significantly more playing time than him. It's just a rough spot to be in, uh, and I don't know how the Potters are going to respond. The pitching staff is also going to be in a tough spot because the bullpen has been highly taxed. They've had a day off, but... The Potters only have one starting pitcher announced. That's Hugh Divers for the game on Tuesday. That's game number one. Blake Snell trying to make a comeback. I don't know if that's going to happen. I don't think it makes any sense for Blake Snell to come back and pitch uh, one final game, but that, it definitely remains a possibility. Chris Paddock, they said, is shut down for the rest of the year. I just don't know where the Potters find these innings in these last six games. Not that it matters because they don't have anything to play for in terms of uh, winning rights. So it's just all about individual player performance right now, proving to the Padres or other organizations, their value. Said a few episodes. But, I mean, if we just need, like, we're not going to throw out two straight bullpen games after Darvish, but someone will, and will end up getting called up. Maybe someone from triple a, maybe someone from double a I've been saying this for the, I said this about an episode or two ago, but I'm going to try and bring up Mackenzie Gore. If he gets rocked, whatever. It's his first career start, or it would be his first career start. Love to see just someone get called up and just not throw out a bullpen day two games in a row, which obviously will like probably not happen and should not happen for the health of the bullpen. But yeah, with Darvish pitching for game one, his last start against the Giants was kind of tough. Potters ended up winning that game, but he's been looking good or solid his last two starts. He absolutely shut down the Cardinals about a week and a half ago. But with Beeler, Scherzer, and Gonsolin, that's going to be tough for the Padres this year. All three of those pitchers have an ERA at 3.00 or below on the season. And, of course, like you said, Beeler, Scherzer, both in the Cy Young race. would not be surprised if Scherzer wins it considering how good he's been with the Dodgers. And he's coming off his worst start as a Dodger. He just went five innings. Five runs, six hits, and an extra inning win against the Dodgers uh, last Thursday. But probably still going to end up winning the, winning the Cy Young. And he's just been absolutely amazing for the Dodgers. Of course, we all, we've been th- thinking about it th- ever since the deadline. But just imagine, like you've been saying, what would it be like if the Scherzer was in a Padres uniform these past two months? But it'll be tough. Bueller, Scherzer, Gonsolin. Hopefully the Padres can win one, maybe even two here, and then just knock them out of the and knock them out of division contention. Scherzer gets one more crack at the Padres, who were the only team really in the first half of the year that hit him hard and then tried to get him at the trade deadline and didn't. So and then he killed it. It'll be fascinating to see. Uh yeah. He uh if he's got one more really good start against the Padres in his in his arsenal. Because at the same time, if the Dodgers come out of the series and they only win two out of three, or say the Giants, they end up sweeping the Diamondbacks, they're going to be looking down and saying, all right, hey, we got to prepare for that wildcard game on October 6th on that Wednesday. Maybe they only throw Bueller or Scherzer one more time in the series against the San Diego Padres and they throw some other players. But it'll be interesting to see what decision-making 
Dave Roberts end up making there. It's just fascinating. The Potters don't have to worry about that. They're just going to send out their guys and see if they could uh, go out there and play with some pride and play over 500 at the Potters. It's all about this week. Uh, you know, if you play over 500 baseball this week, if you go four and two, five and one or six and oh, you finish above 500, play 500 baseball, you're a 500 team at 81 and 81. And if you play under 500, which I'd say is probably the more likely thing that's going to happen, the Potters will finish the 2021 season, a season in which they had the third highest world series odds and the second highest win total at 93 and a half, uh, below 500. So that would definitely suck to say the least, but it's just been a slow and painful death that finally happened this weekend. And, uh, now this, this upcoming week is the funeral that, that, that hit hard. Uh, that was, that was a nice eulogy right there, Dom. Uh, but yeah, hopefully the Padres can win some games here. All I want to see right now is to finish over 500. Don't want to see the Dodgers win the division. I just want to see the Padres play, play some fight. I just want to see some energy in the dugout. I know nothing to play for besides pride and just to f- beat the Dodgers, but just love to see some fight and some energy in that dugout for these next six games. I don't have anything else to talk about because I really don't think there's anything else important in the world of the Padres. We'll update you on any uh, positional changes that happen within the Padres. I'm Dominic Stern. Joined by me is Bobby Murphy. Uh, my editor and I, James Clark, we recorded an episode of the East Village Times podcast this past weekend discussing some of the changes. So if you want a better insight on that, go over there. James has a much greater knowledge of how the Padres are run internally than both Bobby and I do. So I definitely recommend going there and listening to that conversation. But until then, got six more Padres games and the season's over before we all get to watch postseason baseball from our couch along with the San Diego Padres. Unfortunately, that's not how we wanted it, but that's the way it's going to be. Thank you all for tuning into this episode of Devil's Talking Padres. We'll catch you all next time.